Salutations, and welcome to the Trash Turtle Fantasy Podcast. Now, whether you've tuned in from Spotify, iTunes, maybe a tin can on a string, or maybe that guy on the bus seat across from you is broadcasting us over his speakerphone, I just want to thank you today for tuning in. I've been doing pretty dang good. How are you been? I've been good. I've been, I've been in these best ball streets, these Twitter streets. It's, I, I'll tell you now, I like the best ball streets a lot more than the Twitter streets. <laughs> uh, with, there's no puppy right now, so like I'm forced to be on Twitter a lot more than I, I want to be, and it's terrible. I, I just want to draft best ball teams, and all I have is best ball mania. And it's twenty five dollars draft, and I'm trying to like go slow with that, so. It's rough out here. It, Twitter's terrible. It, it's it's in full off season though. You're not just going puppy to puppy right now. Well, there is no puppy. That's the problem. It, it, they're they're going. They're after puppy two came out. Um, I think I think that's actually I don't know if puppy two is filled. I have no idea. Uh, it, it was they they made a super flex puppy and it just didn't interest me at all. Um, oh man, so Superflex! Count me in. I love Superflex. <laughs> it's just not for me. Uh, I I think it's a little formulaic. So I don't know. I don't want to get too much into it, but it's very much so. They they made it Superflex, but they also made it two wide receiver, um, which is like the one format that you could make that would make me not like wide receiver. So it's so formulaic that you go QB, running back, tight end, wide receiver. Uh, it's it's terrible. It's it's the one format you can do that in, and it's awful. I hate it. You know what that sounds like? That what? That sounds like pretty much all of my. I joined like five dynasty leagues this past off season, and that sounds like my start in almost all of them. <laughs> it, 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 I just think two two wide receivers is a bad format, especially when it's half PPR. So. I, I didn't enjoy it. I, I didn't do any. I saw I saw some and I was just like, this feels formulaic. I don't think I'm gonna enjoy this. So I just made the executive decision to not play the puppy two. Right now they have Best Ball Mania three and then the Bulldog. Um, I have a little over 111 drafts in other stuff done so far, uh, post NFL draft and about 60 to 70 pre NFL drafts done. So I've had a I've had a good Best Ball you know, season so far, but I'm ready for the next puppy. That's for sure. And, and, and guess what, everybody, this isn't even the best ball episode and we've just done <laughs> it's not. six minutes of best ball. <laughs> yeah. Six minutes, but yes. Yeah. It, it's not the best ball episode. This is technically our post draft episode. And I, I know we're a little late on that, you know, a little over a month late, but you know, I, I, I kind of, one, we wrote busy. I had a tornado. Yep, um, you sure I did. Had a, I had a tornado come through my town. Um, internet was pretty terrible there for a while. It was uh, pretty miserable. Um, Glad to <laughs> see you're okay at least. Yeah, yeah. They, they said there was about $10 million worth of damage. So that's not... I mean, it could have been a lot worse. Could have, so. If it hit your memorabilia collection, it could have been $11 million worth of damage. Exactly. See, you get it. I have a Josh Allen autograph, man. Like, you know how much that's worth. <laughs> One of these days, I'll convince you to give that to me. <laughs> it'll be like a prize in like a, a league we do there we go um 
But yeah, this is, like I said, this is our post-draft episode, and uh, I'd say we just hop right into it here, you know? Yeah, let's do um, it. So, I wanted to talk about maybe one of the most controversial wide receivers of this draft, and uh, shockingly, amazingly enough, it is not George Pickens, who... I like my wide receivers a little bit on the uh, crazy, I don't know, crazy prima donna drama um, side. And George Pickens is, exudes that. Passionate. There you go. Uh, he exudes that. So shockingly, this is not about him. Uh, <laughs> not because Christian we don't Watson. have No. Because we don't have metrics that uh, measure if a wide receiver is uh, going to be a drama queen or not. Uh, but we do have wide receiver metrics that tell us their size and and this obviously goes into our my favorite wide one of my favorite wide receivers of this draft and it's wandale robinson i know i know (laughs) i feel like everything's been said at this point if you believe in them you believe in them if you don't you don't this is just what i'm going to say because a lot of people are worried about the size i pulled up every wide receiver drafted in the first two rounds of the nfl draft in the past 22 years and what I found was, apart from 2006 being incredibly small for some reason, was that wide receivers have gotten smaller and smaller over time, height-wise. In fact, this is one of the smallest years we've had since 2006. But last year was the smallest season we'd had since 2000, or 2019 was also the smallest year since 2006. So we're getting smaller and smaller and smaller. 2020 was a bit of an outlier because they were a little bigger than they have been recently. Um, but yeah, they've been getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, got a little trend line there, R squared and everything. Um, pretty pretty legit. I'll take <laughs> your yeah, word for it. You'll take, yeah, yeah, this is a podcast. You can't see. I could be lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they, they are getting smaller. And I, I find that interesting. But specifically with someone like Wandell Robinson... This, this is kind of my take on him, is people will say they're small, he looks small, and guys, you know, that are that small, they never produce. And it's like, but we're talking about the sample of guys his size or smaller that have been drafted in the early rounds of the NFL, mm-hmm. and that sample of guys is like 10, right? Guys that have been drafted in the first two rounds of the NFL draft that are his, that are his size there's about 10 of them total in the past 20 years. So when we're talking about, you know, oh, guys haven't produced, well, there hasn't been that many good ones. <laughs> and, and you know, ultimately, he was drafted in the NFL in the second round. He has a good production profile, which we love to see. Some of those 10 guys weren't that good, right? Right. And I, I consistently say NFL draft capital is the greatest film grade we have. And if the NFL doesn't care about Wondell Robinson's size, I don't care about Wondell Robinson's size. Yeah. That's where I land on that. Um, I, I'm curious on your take. I'm big on Wondell. I, I, I know you're in the podcast streets. You're listening to everything. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what are your thoughts here? So my take on, I, I guess if we're going to go into Wandell specifically, um, yeah. insofar as the, the size thing is concerned, I mean, you're starting to see smaller wide receivers, you know, produce. And I think you're right. Like, a, a thing doesn't really matter. I, it, talent 
is going to demand targets. It doesn't really seem to matter what their size is. And I think having you know, the premonition that just because someone's small, they just can't compete doesn't seem like that's really holding up anymore. So, no. um, and pretty much I, everything that I've been listening to over established the run and, um, you know, JJ Zacharyson and, um, yeah, a host of others. If, pretty much everyone doesn't, they don't seem to really care. Um, they're really just excited about having Brian Dayball there and what is coming down the line. Um, and, you know, they're even thinking that Wandell might possibly put Darius Slayton or um, Sterling Shepard out of a job, possibly. I mean, you know, d- not that they really play the same scheme, but, you know, just in general, yeah. there's only going to be so many wide receivers that you're going to keep on the on the roster. So that's kind of the scuttlebutt, I guess, is what's being talked about. So Yeah, I mean, what I'll say is, regarding the size, and you, you've even pointed out that smaller wide receivers recently have kind of, you know, shown an ability to you know, produce. Elijah Moore is one inch taller than Wondell Robinson. Yep. And everyone loves Elijah Moore. And I don't care what anybody says. Everybody everybody in the NFL knows that Tyree Kill is 5'8". Okay? Every, Tyree <laughs> has joked on Twitter about how he is 5'8". When, when there was a CBS Sports post on Twitter about uh, wide receivers with the most touchdowns under 5'8", and it was Cole Beasley at the top, Tyreek Hill was like, uh, hmm, I don't know about that because Tyreek is 5'8". And no, I'm not saying Wondell Robinson is Tyreek because he's not. There are certain, there are reasons to be concerned about Wondell Robinson. He has like a one percentile arm length, right? And for his size, that's kind of a concern. I could see that. But once again, I just fall back on I see a good production profile, and I see draft capital, and that's all I need. Plus, I mean, tell me, arm length matters for what? Pretty much contested catches, right? That's what I would assume, and and I don't even know. I don't know if I've ever seen like an like a database that has proven that like any sort of study that pro- has proven that arm length matters. But I could like see someone telling me oh, I think this is important. And intuitively, I would sit there and go, I can see how that logically you would say that that is important. Until I see a study that it is important, I'm going to say, we we have to reject the null hypothesis, right? We need a study. <laughs> we, need, we need, I would, yeah. I'd like to see proof. As much as I would say intuitively, that makes sense. But yes, I, I think we're on the same page there. For the sake, um, for the sake of argument, yeah. I mean, just it, it feels right. And so, if you have, if you're speedy, you get separation. You don't need to be. You don't need contested catches. Yeah. Um, let's let's continue this conversation. You know, this we are talking about wide receivers here. We're talking about rookie wide receivers. Let's talk about what our expectations are for the rookies in year one. Now, this is. This is sort of a redraft take, but also a dynasty take, because if you don't believe that a person is good year one, you probably shouldn't have them in dynasty because they're probably not that good. Because year one is a great signal for how good a wide receiver is going to be in the future. Year one, year two, you know, so on and so forth. Um, 
So let's let's talk about some of these receiving props and the situations. You know what what we what we think. Well, you know, you and I don't care a lot about situation in the long term. We think that wide receivers can show us an ability, you know, to demand targets early if they're good. But let, let's let's start here with Garrett Wilson. He has a he's a quite a high receiving prop here. Yes, he does. For a rookie, seven hundred and forty nine receiving yards. What are your thoughts on that? I'm a big fan of the Jets personally. I love Garrett Wilson. I love Elijah Moore at cost. I like Brees Hall at cost. I even like Michael Carter at cost because he's really cheap. So I'd love to hear your thoughts here on Garrett Wilson at 749. So this one, and I was just kind of peering over this list, but um, Garrett Wilson, 749 and a half. I'm, gu- I'm guessing you're like, do you want me to take the over or under is probably the yeah, question. Yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on the over or under. Um, so I think in this specific case, ah oh man, this one's tough. I think I think there was an episode of Stealing Bananas where they actually went through this exact exercise, and I think with Garrett Wilson, they took the under, and they took the under mainly because of QB questions, mainly Zach Wilson questions, right? It's not to say that Garrett Wilson won't demand the targets, that he won't be open, it's a question of can Zach Wilson get it to him in the right place at the right time. So I think that's the safe bet. I agree, to be honest. Yeah, I I'm inclined to agree with that. I think Garrett Wilson will probably uh, do well his rookie year, and he's, it's 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 so unfortunate because uh, not that he not that he'll do well, uh, but that the notion of where the the bar of a superstar wide receiver rookie year has just been like <laughs> not it's just been shattered every it's year been shattered. and like <laughs> i just don't see how it's going to happen this year like it used to be you know you'd get 600 yards 700 yards and like you know five touchdowns out of a rookie and you'd be like this is amazing this is great and you know you have your jamar chase and your and your um jefferson coming out like putting over a thousand yards and almost double digit touch i forget what they had last year or the rookie years yeah. but you know and it's just like you can't have those kinds of expectations. Honestly, I mean, for Garrett Wilson, seven forty nine that feels really high. So as much as I want him to be successful, that feels too high. I'm taking the under. Yeah, I'd feel I'd feel a little more comfortable on the under. I will say that I am taking a lot of Jets in best ball, but that's because I'm correlating that bet with Zach Wilson, right? I'm correlating the bet as almost like a parlay of sorts where I'm sitting there and I'm saying, okay, I'm drafting Garrett Wilson under the assumption that Zach Wilson will be good. So these are correlated bets as in I'm going to take both and assume that both are good. Um that's sort of that idea. I, I do think this was one that I sort of sat there and I thought, I'm just going to push, not not going to touch it, is what I ultimately ended up doing. Uh, that's kind of cheating for this sort of exercise, so I will agree with you. I will take, I think median outcome is the under on that. Uh, let's let's go a little faster here. Let's go Jahan Dotson, 611 yards. I don't have very many nice things to say about Jahan Dotson. I don't have a lot of nice things to say about Carson Wentz. Um, 611 is a really low number, though. Yeah, six eleven is pretty low. I think that that's well below the average rookie uh, yards for that draft capital, if I remember. I it's been a long time since I first listened round to episode. number sixteen. Yeah, so um, I think the average is like high. I think it's high six hundreds is what I think the average is. So I, I'm taking over just based on that. 
Um, gosh, it, it's such it's such a low number that I feel tempted to take the over. But I'm like noted Jahan Dotson kind of hater, so I'll stay on brand. I'm going to take the under. Well, don't forget. So far, what's up? Don't forget it's 17 games now. Oh yeah, mm, I'm still going to take the under. Uh, let's go with the next one. Drake London, 764 and a half yards. Uh, I'm noted Drake London lover. I also think that uh, Marcus Marriott is not that bad. Uh, I actually did bet this over. I did. I, I already I already put money down on this one. And I think my line was a little lower than that. I don't recall. I don't have it pulled up what I actually bet. But I believe it's moved a little since then. But I am taking the over on 765. I'll, I'll agree with that. I mean, especially if the line's moving up over time. Like, that's a good indication, so... Uh, Trelon Burke, 795.5. I took, I think I have him, uh, uh, the line that I got locked in at was a little bit higher than that. I believe, I'm not sure, could be wrong, but I did take the under. Um, There's just a variety of reasons that I might be like, I I don't think I'm a Trelon hater. I just thought it was really high. It's super high. Yes. Um, I'm hammering the under and, um, you know, asthma or something's going on there like whatever that is yeah not looking good i mean this could very well be the the uh last year's jamar chase dropping drops thing again yeah too right but you know i don't know if if i'm putting just money on him on this i'm taking it under okay uh let's go chris olave 719 and a half uh that one man Chris Olave was interesting. I do think he was an abnormally good fourth-year non-late-declare player. Um, kind of one of the better ones we've had in quite a few you know, years. Um, everything I saw you know, seemingly looked fine. He seemed like a good prospect from what I was seeing. Like I said, an, an abnormally good fourth-year non-early-declare. 719, I do think that's kind of low enough. I, I wouldn't I would feel like the number in my mind that I would feel uncomfortable with is closer to 740, 730. So I would feel comfortable, especially with Jameis Winston throwing him the ball. I'd feel comfortable with uh, Chris Olave at over 719, especially because I know that he's likely to play the outside deep role. Yeah, um, I'll take the over on this one. Uh, mainly also he's pretty much the only guaranteed offensive piece that we know are, is going to be going into the season too. So... Uh, last one, the only non-first-round pick on here. Uh, this is not Homerism. He was just the <laughs> only one that was actually on DraftKings when I looked. I'll give you a pass um, on this one. That's, that's yeah, fine. I looked for Wandell. I looked for other guys, and they weren't on there. So it, it, no Christian Watson. I didn't see it. I didn't see John Mechie, no Tyquan Thornton, no Alec Pierce, no George Pickens. Tyquan Thornton uh, is not actually a first-round pick. Second, second. He's a second-round pick. Oh. Uh, these are all second round picks. That's the right. only second round pick that was available to show me a prop was Sky Moore at 680. I actually got mine locked in a little bit lower than this, and I took the over. Um, I feel pretty comfortable in the over, to be honest. I'd probably, I, I'm such a Sky Moore fan. You knew it. I said it on the podcast even before the draft that I was a huge Sky Moore fan. I said he was as close to a top five pick in this in in this you know rookie draft and everything. Um, I would feel comfortable with Sky Moore almost 50, 60 yards higher than this. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in Sky Moore. I think I think the second third I think the second day 
wide receiver average is somewhere in the 500s. So not to say that <laughs> I don't believe you, but I'm going to say that this is wildly over the typical Vegas odds. Um, so I'm taking it under. Yeah, I will say Sky Moore is not your typical what, round two wide receiver. <laughs> why, why didn't he go in the first round then? I don't know. I know he went in the second round, and I know first and second round wide receiver hit rates are about the same. <laughs> so I don't care. <laughs> a lot of people are saying, and, and this is another thing, it definitely is not a thing. A lot of people are saying, well, what about the number of wide receivers that went before them? That is not shown. That's shown to not matter either. So it doesn't matter if there was five wide receivers taken before somebody and they went in the second round right? Like, if you were in the second round, you were the sixth wide receiver taken. It doesn't matter if there was five people ahead of you, or if there was 10, or 20 even. If you were still receiving that high draft capital, that's what matters, right? So there's nothing to say, oh, well, Sky Moore, you know, he was something like the 11th wide receiver taken, you know, John Mechie, Tyquan Thornton, George Pickens, Alex Pierce, you know, there's something like 10 guys that went before him. There's nothing to tell us that that number matters. What we do know matters is the draft capital. That's all I'd say about that. But let's not spend too much time on Sky Moore. I'll get called a homer. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Um, okay. So let's let's shift gears then. Um, some, yes, some, this was an interesting one. Something that I, I really like want to topic. talk about. Um Again, okay, so full disclosure, this was an inspiration of, well, a a couple of things, right? So I did a lot of, I did a lot of, or I'm sorry, startup drafts for a dynasty. Been listening to a lot of podcasts lately, a lot of Ian Haritz and a lot of um, Adam Levitin and Evan Silva and JJZ. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and they have corrupted you. That I the, have. Uh, no, I mean, I've always been kind of borderline. Like I've always wanted this, I wanted to get on this train. And I think, honestly, this dude's the next Travis Kelsey. He is. I Dude. don't hate the take. We're talking about, tell us who we're talking about. This is the Mark Andrews. Yes. And I'm apparently going to get fined by Ohio State now. Yes. They're sending a check in the mail. Cease and desist to this podcast right now. Um, uh, but he is probably one of my most fascinating players at this time. And for a couple of reasons. You and I both are pot is equally invested in dynasty and we just are always into redraft and i think he's just super interesting in both um now his adp reflects how popular he is right now so i think really what this discussion is going to be is no one's going to deny that he is super capable of just putting up monster numbers and and being a league winner it's just at what cost Right. Who else are you taking them over? But the thing is, is there's been a huge rise of tight end premium leagues going up now. Like, I mean, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a tight end premium league these days. And so that's why he starts to become a lot more interesting. That and 
like I feel like now tight end is just the most the most wasteland it's ever been. Um, really? in, in in recent memory, yeah, I like I it's very interesting. So okay, I think it's deeper than usual, but I everyone says that every year. But go ahead. <laughs> so here, the thing that I've been noticing because I've been kind of looking into this a little bit. The thing I've been noticing is that people tend to be more reliant on touchdowns for tight ends. And we, I know you don't like relying on touchdowns, don't like predict, predicting them, right? Because you can't really predict touchdowns. They're nice to have, but we mostly want to work on yards and targets, right? Like when it really comes down to it. So with that in mind, I, I you know, this, this guy will put up the, the production through with the yards and targets. He got 153 targets last year. 153. That was when he had two pretty decent wide receivers also. And granted, there was no running game, really. Um, yeah. But still. So I, I agree with you, honestly. I really do. I, I think that you're right that there's there was two wide receivers. Now now there's you know just really one. And we don't – I think the jury is still slightly out on Rashad Bateman. I completely agree with you in Dynasty that I want shares of Mark Andrews. I have shares of Mark Andrews, and I, I'm very happy about them. I only push back about sort of this current cost because I think the current cost is very influenced by Baltimore's pass rate last year. And as I've mentioned a billion times, I don't like making arguments based on predicting passing volume. But what I'll say is is that I would, and I'm not trying to make this argument as my only argument here, but I think you could survey 100 people or 1,000 people and you'd ask them, do you think Baltimore is going to pass less and regress down to what they've been passing with the other two years with Lamar Jackson? And they would probably say, yeah, we're probably going to. I went ahead and looked, you know, in terms of passing attempts per game in 2019 they were at 27 a game 2020 at 25 and then at 2021 they were at 39 now i think that that goes down and i'll even say let's go fair let's go the average of those three years we're going to 30 attempts a game we're talking about eight targets a game at that point or 136 targets a year um which is not a huge drop off from last year in fact that would probably be an acceptable drop off at you know it just probably isn't great at current ADP. That's my only concern about Mark Andrews is that I think that there's, I think that his dynasty and or I think his redraft cost specifically, sorry, not dynasty. I think his redraft cost is assuming that that passing volume will stay the same. And I do not believe that it will, even if it just goes down a little bit there, it's, it's going to be tough for him to pay off at that that sort of ADP. And I'm not talking about best ball here for the most part, because I don't believe in using the phrase payoff at ADP in best ball. <laughs> I, I, had, I had a long Twitter thread about this, about how the idea of paying off at ADP is just silly, because um, it's not really a thing in, in best ball tournaments. But um, but yeah, I, I that's my only real take here. I thought Josh Larkey, of, he's now of the 33rd team, if you didn't know, he used to be the head analytics guy at playerprofile.com. 
Uh, then he went somewhere else, and now he's at the 33rd team. He had a great Twitter post about this, just sort of his sort of thoughts on Mark Andrews. He really felt like there was no chance that Mark Andrews paid off in redraft this year. Um, specifically, he made a great point about the Ravens seeming dead set on running the ball. Yes, they passed a lot last year. They also just traded their wide receiver one, who I think you and I both think are, is very good. Mm-hmm. And then they drafted a center, a tackle, two tight ends, and a running back. Yep. <laughs> That's my concern. I think that their passing volume is going to come down something between probably 32 attempts a game all the way down to 28. And at that point, I, I struggle with the second round redraft price. That's my concern about Mark Andrews. In saying that, still in on Dynasty because passing volume is fluctuating. It fluctuates every year. Um, Pitts is still tight end one, though. Yes. I, uh, we, we, we did have that discussion in DMs, and uh, I agree with you. Um, Dynasty, Pitts is t- tight end one, in my opinion. He's so my he's my tight end number two overall in overall formats. Oh um, really? Yeah. Who's your one in redraft? Um, is it Mark Andrews? No, no, no. In all, he's my number two in all formats. Mark oh, cool. Mark Andrews is my number two in all formats. Oh, okay, so what's your top? What's your top three in in, in redraft then? In, in redraft? Oh God, you know. I Kelsey just, Andrews Pitts. Yeah. Kelsey well, Andrews Pitts. Uh, and so here's the thing. Uh, I can't decide, honestly, uh, if I want. That's okay. That's okay. Pitt, Pitts, and, Pitts and Andrews, because you're right. Like everything you just mentioned is, is totally spot on. Um, you see further evidence of that by the fact that they really beefed up their defense as well. I think they're just going to keep games low scoring, run off the clock, Um and and keep things on the ground but here's here's the thing um at least i believe in the early portion of the season you're not going to have the full use of dobbins and or um edwards because they're just not going to be ready yeah um, so you may see you may see me appear to be right towards the beginning of the season by the end of the season uh you probably will be winning out of that one um but the thing I is like that the the thing is too the the, the good part is it doesn't matter who was at quarterback either. He did really well even when Huntley was was under center, right? So he's he's not relying on quarterback for that one, at least on this team. Um, and, I mean, you really can't look at 33% red zone target share and say, nah, man, I'll take someone else that's going to have less <laughs> target share. Because again, well, yeah. we're not relying on end zone. We're not relying on touchdowns, man. They sure are nice to have, that's for sure. So, you know, the I'm other the other thing that we're that uh, we were talking about too is that um, apparently, upon watching some of the film, he would come out during known run plays like they're just like not not a read option right it's just like this we're definitely running he just come out of the game um for for those plays and it's like well that's a good sign right a because he's getting a breather b he's on the field not blocking less chance to get hurt so you know there's there's a there's a lot of things but you know what his adp is still like what 17 overall 
16 it's overall. It's 18 right now. It's 18. <sighs> it's, an underdog fantasy. Who else can you get around there? You can get like what? You can get uh, Swift, right? You can get you can get Aaron Jones, Debo Samuel, Saquon Barkley. Those are the guys that go right around him. Um, it, it's so tough because it's cross-positional here because I'm, I still love the idea of having the advantage that an elite tight end provides. So I don't like... I think that he... I think that he's in the right position at tight end two. I do think he's at the right position. I think if we were being optimal in terms of projection rather than what happened last year, in terms of projection, he would be going after T. Higgins, which Mm -hmm. means that he would be going at the very first pick of the third round. Okay. I think that I think that would be projection rather than what we saw last year. I think I think if we were being optimal, that is where he would go, um, because I do think that Debo, Tyreek, T. Higgins are guys that are likely to outscore him, and they're not going to have the tight end advantage, obviously, because that's an advantage, right? That that you know four, five, six, seven, eight points that you're going to score over your opponent's tight end. That's the advantage we're talking about. But I do think that's where he would optimally go is after T. Higgins. So here, let me ask you this then. Saquon Barkley or Mark Andrews? Uh, in a vacuum. If, if I, in a vacuum, uh, Saquon. Because Saquon has RB1 potential. Yeah. And Saquon and, right now has ADP behind Mark Andrews, right? Yes. I can't get on board uh, with that. That's I the one just, problem. I just think that if if you're a running back that has that RB one overall uh, upside, that's what I would take. Like we're talking, th- these are two interesting players too, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but they're two very interesting players because they both this year, in my opinion, have very wide ranges of outcomes. Yep. Right, mm-hmm. Mark Andrews, and this is my issue with Mark Andrews. I just don't think that a lot of people are considering that his outcomes are very wide. Yeah. If they pass just as much as they do, man, you're at top end of the outcomes. You're doing great. You're super happy you got him. If he, if we're at the bottom end, right. The same percentage chance, right? We're talking about, before we're talking about like 90th percentile outcome where they pass the same amount, right? Let's go with the 10% outcome. And it's it's terrible. You know, we are looking at 100 targets. And it's like, that that's doomsday scenario for your second round pick. Now we're talking about Saquon Barkley. I think he's very similar. And I think that upside is tied in, or running back one. And the downside is being what kind of what we've seen these past two years when he's been active and it's just been a middling back end running back one but that upside that 90 percentile i just think that your your payoff is going to be larger for a running back to have that upside um no i go ahead sir i i'd agree especially also because of um you have to start two two running backs and you have to start one tight end and well, I will say, like, I don't know if, if I knew both of them were playing the entire full season and they both hit their 90th percentile outcome, like, man, that would be a tough decision. But I honestly, from what I have seen, from what I've seen in terms of like the value over the replacement player or wins over replacement player stuff that we've seen for, you know, league specific settings, I believe the running back's going to provide you a higher win rate than the tight end would. That's that's all I know about that. But 
that's really getting into the weeds of it here. I, I, I really, I really thought that this was a good intro episode for us to kind of come back after this long break. Not only did we talk about, you know, some trends that we've seen in terms of the NFL draft, we sort of touched on the rookie wide receivers and then you and I, we had this debate, you know, we were talking in DMs about this and it was an interesting topic. I'm really glad we got to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I, it, it's actually kind of nice that we're not listening to the same people um, from the same sources and have an opportunity to kind of talk about where we're meeting in the middle here. Quite like that. Um, uh, so Boots and I have started a more of a, uh, I think they're called a Kanban board, right? Where it's just kind of like Canva board. Yeah, I know what you're, I know what you're talking about. I don't know. Whatever. I, I don't know these <laughs> things, um, but they're trying to have more interesting stuff like this instead of more off the cuff stuff, um, mainly because it seems like there's a lot more data infused conversations happening about fantasy football now. So there's a lot less relying on film, a lot more happening around spreadsheets, right? And it makes it way more interesting, especially when you can kind of tie a lot of the numbers back to what you're seeing. So it makes it a lot more interesting. I'm starting to get excited. It's July now. This is like when stuff is going to start. Like we have we have preseason games next year, next month, right? So preseason games next month. Um, and so he, he, time, time, time's flying. This is awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the things we want to do in this time, uh, in these next few weeks and going into the season. Um, I know I really want to do some best ball episodes, uh, some live drafts. You and I will, will draft the team and we'll talk through it. I think that's a great idea. I have a ton of best ball takes this year. I've been I've been really in the best ball streets, really enjoying it. Um, there's a lot of sophomore wide receivers. I really am excited to talk about a lot of late round running backs that I think are super interesting. There's a lot of really great topics that I think you and I are really excited to talk about this year um, before the season starts. So a lot yeah. to look forward to. Yeah, I'm I'm really wanting one of the things I'm finding really interesting is the the dynamics and, and the economics of uh, of a draft and what value you can extract in a late round because it used to be you used to be able to extract quarterback value late right where people would take quarterbacks much earlier they've all kind of caught on that's not really a thing anymore so like what's the next thing what what where's your where are you going to turn to next to where you can extract some value and right now it seems to be mainly the conversation is about like i got this guy above adp or I'm, I'm above adp on this guy or like i got this guy at value just because he fell so many spots and like i believe in him but nobody else did yada yada right like that's kind of that seems to be kind of the the dominant narrative at the moment but a couple of other things i'm kind of looking at like Th- things where there's like instead of like one domino away it's like two dominoes away so then that way you know we've seen crazier things happen where you just have like a couple of guys sitting in the back that are like super talented they just gotta they just need that opportunity and bam they're off and running like the next james robinson kind of thing i mean i hate i hate using that right but i <laughs> i can't i can't think of anything else like a better way to put it um i know it's a little bit triggering for some people but that's kind of where i'm looking at and like it's it's I think it's fun because your best ball takes uh, and if you know most people probably know by now that are listening to this but um, best ball translates really well to redraft not perfectly but like typically pretty well um, because I mean the other side you got this dynasty and that doesn't translate to redraft at all right so uh, that's why I, I really like this and. The economics of both is super interesting, and there's a lot of 
information that can be gleaned to help no matter what you're doing. And we're in best ball season now. We'll be in a redraft season starting probably even later this month, man. I think we're going to start seeing actual drafts happen later this month. So uh, that's about all I got. Um, yeah. Why don't uh, why don't we go ahead and wrap this up? Uh, you can uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Boots Fantasy, and uh, you can also find me in uh, the Our Fantasy Football Discord. It should be linked in the episode description here. A lot of great people in there. Shout out uh, Chris and Ice and Mike and uh, everybody else. Yep, and you can find me at Dr. Trash Dad. That's D R Trash Dad on Twitter. Also in the Discord. Um, and you'll probably see me posting pictures of my chickens here <laughs> in the in the coming weeks. So they arrive That's tomorrow. Easy. They arrive tomorrow. So. Great. Right. Hanging out, I can. Yep. Glad to be back. Yep. Have a good one. You too.